0: Hey y'all, welcome to the Southern Heathens podcast. I'm Ubby Mirson, and joining me, as always, Bravin Tiersen. Welcome to the fucking show. Welcome guys. to the fucking show, you skull motherfuckers. <laughs> how's it? How's it
1: been, man? We've uh, t- taken some time off. Yeah, we've had off a couple of weeks, but hey, I, I mean, I've been okay for the most part.
0: That's you good.
1: Yeah, we've good had some good. adventures.
0: Yeah, and before we go into that, guys, I will say thank you for the sales so far uh, at the Southern Heathens uh, merch shop. Yeah, um, we've
1: had we've had some sales, and uh, you know, we've had an outpour of support. And it, it's, it's refreshing and humbling at the same time, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, if you want to get your hands on some merch, it's com slash shop. And there's several ways to support us. I mean, you know, if you want this podcast to keep going, you got to support us or, it's you know, it's going to disappear eventually. Yeah. We can't. You know, it's not free. We can't do this forever. So, I mean, yeah, thanks for the support. And southernheathens.com slash shop. You can go to anchor.fm slash thesouthernheathens slash support. Hey, we, we use all the help we can get, right? <laughs>
0: hey, don't mind the fight, though. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, guys, we've, uh, we've been on some adventures, and they have been amazing. Because, obviously, as we've said in the past in previous podcasts, that uh, Corinth is a very historical uh, place, uh, not just here in the South, but in the United States in general.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a major, major uh, place for the Civil War. You know, we used to be called Cross City, mm-hmm. and the, it's that it's called Cross City because the crossroads of the train tracks, you know, going yeah. different directions, and it, that was a major port for uh, the the Union Army. They needed that in order to get supplies back and forth for the army, and you know, so this this is like the place. Mm-hmm. This was the place that was contested over. So I mean,
0: yeah, yeah we're it, right here in the middle of it. And so with that being said, too, um, especially during this month, you know, um, this, I mean, I would call it like the month of the dead almost, (laughs) you know, with the veal thinning and everything, Uh, we've gone to uh, the city cemetery, which was, uh, was it back in 18, was it 42? I took a picture of it. I'll have to check here on my phone. I have a picture of it, but um, very old cemetery. We also went to the national one um, here today. Anyways, very much just... Uh, I guess I deleted the picture. It's on my Facebook, though. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, it was built sometime in the 1800s, and it was bought um, by or donated to, uh, to someone. I forgot who because it said on the sign. But the cemetery is super old and beautiful. You got magnolia trees everywhere, of course. It looks like every tree in there, by the way, has been struck by lightning. Yeah, yeah, that's it, wild.
1: I mean, every tree... <laughs> they didn't miss a beat it seemed yeah and but you know on top of that we found somebody that
0: might actually be related to you yeah so about that um we were uh we were kind of driving uh, slowly you know seeing it because i had actually gone the day before as well by myself but i didn't really go all the way around but um yeah we went after we ate and stuff uh, at the cracker barrel <laughs> <laughs> we had and some rare steaks he parks like uh, he parked, he parked the, the vehicle and we got out and he said oh check out you know this um, and it was not a gated uh, part of the cemetery what was it like it, but it definitely had its own space and it had it had some wall it looked like there were walls there at one time yeah and with well, that that symbol yeah this the uh,
1: the elemental symbol for air yeah right was above was above that section
0: yes yeah and it was um, a family of uh, youngs Mostly, and then also Boykin's. Yes. And on one side, uh, my family, his last name is Borkin. Um, obviously, anglicized, especially when they came here. But at the same time, I didn't think anything of Boykin until this dude said, oh, hey, that sounds a lot like Borkin. You uh, think that's, it might have Slavic that,
1: roots? Yeah, that's got to be an anglicized Slavic name. And you're like, nah. And
0: I was like, yeah. And then he goes on, he goes on and finds out that, you know, the crest and the... Uh, The Family crests and the Coat of Arms and stuff, it actually is Slavic from uh, more western Ukraine. And I'm just like, okay, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, we we went into the library uh, yesterday after I got off work and tried doing some research. We kind of fell short for for the most part, but we're going to be getting back with the main librarian to go over more records and stuff because... That really does interest me, and we kind of felt like a detective. Yeah, the
1: the, <laughs> the only problem was is we couldn't operate the uh, the film machine, the projector. It just it was weird. I couldn't get the the spools to work right. So we'll we'll
0: get it under control. But we'll be we'll definitely be back at the library, and we'll let you all know what we find. Yeah, uh, um, but and then today, which uh, we went to the national cemetery, which I've been there one one other time when I first got here. Uh, but you know, basically veteran cemetery yeah yeah my uncle's buried there he was in vietnam Mm -hmm. and uh yeah he he
1: passed away just a couple days before my birthday in 2009 he was a great guy he taught me how to play the blues on the guitar and the rest is history i love i love playing the guitar but yeah it's uh we walked around there's a lot of confederate uh and union soldiers so there's unknown soldiers lots of them a lot of them and it's just a really large plot of land and there's a lot it's just a
0: Really powerful feeling. Yeah, and there's uh, soldiers from uh, well Vietnam, uh, Korea, World War II. Yeah, World War II. I think World War One as well. Yeah,
1: and and actually, I do believe there are some people from the Iraq War and stuff there. We just didn't see them. Yeah, I,
0: but um, but yeah, it was a very powerful place to be at, and um, it was it was just it was something, you know. It was just yeah. something. You go there, and it's just, just a field of white marble, you know, and you know you you go there
1: and you have an expectation of what you're going to see but when you actually look on you know look across the field and you see the just as far as you can see with the eye just white marble headstones and just knowing you know all these these really passionate soldiers these warriors all lay there at least their bodies you know they all
0: lay there mm-hmm. and it's just a really overwhelming feeling yeah, but in the best way, and you know, no matter what side they fought on, apparently you can't really war is war, and uh, they're all buried there. And it was it was definitely a powerful place to be at. And speaking of other things about war, yeah, uh, it's both left. Corinth. Um, a lot of the houses we walk past, uh, the Oak House, which is yeah. probably one of our favorites. Yeah, if I could buy that, I would.
1: I would. I would
0: in a heartbeat. Yeah,
1: but yeah, that our our journey
0: led us to uh, the Curly House. Yeah, the Curly House. So, it was. uh, It's also called the General's Headquarters, and that is because um, who was there? Let's. I got to get that up on my phone because there's like five or three or four maybe. Okay, so and this is from the. I'm reading this from the sign that I took a picture of outside. General's Headquarters, built about 1857 for Hamilton Mask, used in uh, Civil War as headquarters of Generals Braxton Bragg. Uh, H. W. Halleck and John B. Hood donated to Corinth in 1960 by S. H. Curley family. Yeah. Now, when you go inside,
1: it's it's very well preserved, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not as big as I mean it's big, but it's not like a tour. A tour doesn't take very long, you know. And we actually stood in the room where the generals gave the order to to uh, initiate the attack on Shiloh. In Tennessee, and when she told us that, I just got goosebumps. I'm like this very spot is when basically the Battle of Shiloh and the Battle of Corinth started. Mm-hmm. Like they gave that order right there, and we were yeah. standing. And uh, they, she she also had us uh, uh, an 18th century uh, beer cooler. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty neat. Yeah, <laughs> 17 was... something is when they made it, and it was a legitimate, it's like for beer, like booze and wine, and yeah. it's very,
0: very cool. I remember telling us too because you know, a lot of the houses, the historical ones around here, they a lot of them have columns, and if they're not like the your uh, old Greek style columns, they're still columns, just more of a square type, I guess, right? But in one of the rooms, uh, you can see. Uh, just how tall everything was, uh, like especially like the doors and stuff, right? But the the door handles though, or the the knobs, are, are yeah. very much to the ground because the average height she told us for uh men or just people was five four to five six. Yeah. Um, uh, but everything else was so tall, and we were just curious as to why. But then she explained that um, heat rises, and that obviously the higher the room is, the cooler it would be down there for them. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty neat to know.
1: And when you open the windows, it would create a really cool cross breeze. Yeah, this is very cool. That's like a like building an air conditioner into your architecture. You know? <laughs> so, yeah.
0: I mean, that's really neat. Well, yeah, just, uh, it, it is crazy to think because, you know, do you really think how hot it gets and humid it gets around here? Yeah. And we have, you know, we have, uh, I guess you can say to a degree, uh, better clothing now. You know, I wear, you know, obviously, a tank top a lot, especially out in the heat. Um, but you know, can you imagine like soldiers who are in full uniform, full yeah, gear? And in wool? Yeah. Yeah. And like I, you know, I figured like how the hell did these guys fucking no matter what side they're on, how the fuck did these guys uh not die of heat exhaustion? I mean, there's probably some that did Some probably did, yeah. Yeah. But and she uh she also showed us
1: a picture of the exact moment when the Union Army made the address that any freed any Freed slave, any slave that wanted to join the Union would be a free man. Yeah, and I thought oh, the goosebumps. The goosebumps. Yeah. That was a power. This is a powerful picture. It was the exact moment they were making the address, and you see Union soldiers sitting out in front of the house that we're standing in, and you know they have their muskets and stuff all you know leaning up against trees and and it's just it's a very powerful and almost emotional moment. When you just realize that you know we're we're standing in the general's headquarters, you know this is a a wartime house, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know it's just very powerful. Yeah, I mean
0: people died in that house uh, most likely, and also like she explained, a lot of people who were getting uh, treated for wounds and stuff right uh, there in the main foyer. Yeah, you know? yeah but they put um, what was it? The original floor is under what they have yeah, now. Yeah, pine wood. Uh, the there's an oak wood on top of the pine wood. Yeah, but yeah. she she did say the. If you were to take obviously the wood off now, you could probably still see like blood stains and stuff from when they were getting treated. Yeah,
1: and you can't tell me, you know, especially in our beliefs that there is power in blood. You yeah. can't tell me that there's not residual essence left over from that, especially with what happened. Mm-hmm. So the power there is
0: astronomical. Yeah. So. And uh, for us, you know, for us uh, polytheists. Um, pagans, especially Norse pagan or Germanic pagan, um, in relation to war. I mean, there's a ton. There's a ton of deities and gods and whatnot. Uh, but specifically in our pantheon, a lot of them are war gods.
1: Yeah, the, the, specifically if you if you consider yourself Ostro, uh, the Aesir gods are, yeah. are the war gods. Yeah, they you got Odin, Thor, Teeter. Yeah, uh, Freya. Freya. Yeah, Freya is kind of a little bit of both you know she's originally a vanir god. Yeah. She was given over in the hostage yeah. situation. You know, so yeah, but she she is she is technically vanir but also aesir. Mm-hmm. And we we that's pointed out because you know, she gets first pick of the slain. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we have our little theory that you know, she she gets the people that aren't bloodthirsty. She gets the people that die with honor and have a cause when they go to battle. She goes and picks them first and then Odin gets the Bloodthirsty, frenzied warriors. Yeah. So they they all go to Folkminger, and uh, and uh, Odin picks the ones for Valhalla, and you know that that's why you were not going to Valhalla. Just saying.
0: (laughs) Also, the reason why we were saying this, guys, it's not saying that uh, you know we hope to go to Valhalla. It's just um, like he was saying, there is power uh, in uh, sacred grounds like this because of so much bloodshed and death. It's, it's no different than when you go into a cemetery. Maybe not as much bloodshed, but there's still death there. You know, there are people's bodies, you know, their essence is still there. Yeah, I mean, we we literally, we spent a lot of time around the dead today. A yeah. lot
1: of time. And, you know, Tyr is my patron god. He's the god of justice and war, yeah. uh, specifically. Odin is your patron god. And mm-hmm. he, he's the god of war and frenzy. And, yeah. you know... I mean, so we, we understand war, and when you feel the connection of our gods with what, what you're experiencing in a tangible way.: Yeah it's, It leaves you speechless. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of words that can describe that feeling.:
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, And what we're also saying, guys, is understanding like, like I'm, I'm not a veteran. I'm, we're saying it in the more magical aspect right. of that, just so we don't get, you know, people get confused. Yeah. Uh, I, I have not fought a war, and I'm glad I haven't. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I get to learn about these things, and I, and especially that's what Odin has taught me is to learn from it. The only thing I've, I've probably said in the past is what well, the, the thing I've tried to idolize and try to do myself that Odin does is wandering. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. that's not some bro thing. That's actually like that's. I mean, I think personally, that's a great thing. Everyone should travel and wander, go to places. Definitely. But, I mean, um, also, what we almost forgot, the Civil War Interpretive Center that we oh, went to today, Yeah, you know, that was, yeah, yeah, that was your that first was, time. That was my,
1: look, I've have, I've have lived here for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. I remember when they built that, and I never went. Uh, that was my first time going. Yeah. And I'm surprised at that, for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm not really surprised about the Curly House because that was my first time being there too. Because I didn't know that was a place where you can go. I thought someone lived there, to yeah. be honest. So I didn't realize it was open for tours and stuff. And uh, I am excited about she. She did say that within a, maybe a year's time, fingers crossed, she's going to be opening a, a bed and breakfast. Yeah, there's uh, a Airbnb you know. out back. Yeah, there's a cottage out back that used to be because you know houses back then the kitchens weren't attached. And she explained all this. The kitchens weren't attached because they were afraid they were going to burn their houses down. So that cottage out back was actually we the kitchen and dining area, you know, mm-hmm. like a little feast area and stuff. And she's turning it into an Airbnb. That's going to be absolutely amazing. I'm probably
0: going to use it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll stay by myself. Right. <laughs> you know, Especially on Friday night or something. Oh, but yeah. You know what? Let's reserve this. Well, Friday weekend. night I might not be by myself. But... <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, no, the interpretive center. They're like, what was, how was that to you? Because you mentioned, you know, you wanted to go with your dad.
1: Yeah, it it was it was actually it was bittersweet because we did make plans to go there. Mm -hmm. We just never made it, and you know, he was really really into history, just like I am. And he would have absolutely loved that place, you know, just the, they have all the artifacts there that you can read about, and that little room where you can sit down and watch about, you know, the battles taking place and stuff. Yeah. And then the lecture hall where they have little movies and stuff, play sometimes. It's not a huge museum, but it's enough. Yeah. Like, you can go in there and, uh, you know, just take in the history, you know, and I, they had the different confederate battle flags which people are people are usually confused with what they call the confederate flag which is the uh that the x which i, the I ones think people
0: usually like will fly on the back of their trucks or the ones yeah that say, that's
1: not the confederate yeah, flag that's the confederate flag of tennessee the battle flag of tennessee yeah which we saw the battle flag of mississippi and, and the battle flag of even corinth and then missouri which yeah. kind of looked like an like a communist flag. <laughs> yeah, it, it had the little like half that. moon and the stars yeah. on it. Yeah. So, I mean, people's misconceptions about the Confederate flag are, you know, shown there. I mean, there there were many flags in the Confederate. There's actually a legitimate Confederate flag that was flown for the Confederate States of America, which wasn't actually there. But it looked a lot like the battle flag of Mississippi, mm-hmm. uh, except it didn't have the, the stars and a cross yeah. That was, uh, you know, yeah. that was all that. <laughs> not, I'm not a fan of that.
0: <laughs> not a fan of that. Not a fan of the lady in the gift shop either. <laughs> no. yeah. 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 But anyway. But yeah, no, it was a, it was an awesome time, though. I'm glad. That was like my third time going there. I go there just if I'm, like, I'm bored. And I'm like, oh, you know what? You know what I could do? I'm going to go to the Civil War Interpretive Center. It's free to get in. And they have brochures and everything you can take because there's another there's another place in Tupelo that you can go to yeah, and nachos trace the whole highway between Tennessee, Mississippi, and Alabama. Every time you say that, I think you're talking about nachos. It's nachos, nachos. Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: but uh, no, uh, but if anyone ever comes up here and they want to see the Curly House, it is five dollars to take a tour. But that's not bad. I mean, they've got to keep well up. Well, worth it. <laughs> they, they've got to keep up. You know, the maintenance and all that stuff. So it's well worth paying five dollars to go see. And uh, of course, the curator is amazing. She was really knowledgeable and told us all kinds of stuff. And
0: she was really, really cool talking with us and let us walk the grounds. Yeah, no. Did you did you mention? Uh, you know, besides everything else, you know, giving us the chills and in a good way. You know, the power that was there. Uh, this guy, he was curious. Well she, she actually told us this before. By the way, look, I told you this in confidence. <laughs> <laughs> but you told her i did tell her but uh he opened this door because so we, we had seen all the other doors you know to the closets and stuff which by the way we'll get to the closets in a second because we were brought up a strange fact which you know just yeah this is wild okay but uh anyways he opened up the door and it was what it was really narrow too it was, it was a very small tall. door it was like 10 and a half to 12 feet high and it was so narrow maybe maybe two feet wide <laughs> two to three feet wide yeah and anyways, he opens it up and he doesn't scream or anything, but he like he's like <gasps> like <laughs> there were these mannequins with Confederate uh, uniforms on and there was just mannequins. <laughs> I thought I thought I was ha- about to have to
1: fight. I thought I thought it was on, okay? I thought we were going to be fighting uh, Ghosts dead. of Confederate you know? Soldiers. <laughs> Which I'm not, I'm not afraid of the dead, to be honest.
0: But, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was going to be on right then and there. She told us, by the way, that people uh, actually... Oh, that's why she leaves it closed. Because yeah. she knows people are going to just want
1: to see it. Yeah, and they <laughs> open it. And she says she gets a lot of screams, especially from teenage boys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that shit uh, was hilarious. But luckily, she was cool, though, because... You know, I'm a person. Uh, who was like, in Trailer Park Boys when he, Ricky goes up to... The jury's like, look, your honor, I can't speak without swearing. That's like me in a nutshell when yeah. I'm talking. I try to, I try to rev it down a little bit on the podcast, but you know, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> you,
1: you dropped a few f bombs in front of her. It was, all right. she didn't even say anything. But yeah, the 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 cool history fact about closets, though, she said if you notice that houses from back then, especially in this area, they don't really have closets. And if they did, they were put in. I think it was what the
0: 1930s. Yeah, some just, of them.
1: Well, after the fact, but th- those closets were original to the house. Because they were able to afford it, but apparently, uh, the government at the time considered a closet an extra room and they were taxed. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's like, what? First of all, that really rattled my libertarian bones. Okay? <laughs> like, yeah. no. Okay? But yeah, they taxed them per room. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. I know this is a pagan podcast, but, I mean, these are the ventures that we go on. This is the knowledge that we learn, and this is about a wartime, yeah. you know, knowledge, and that has a lot to do with our path.
0: Yeah. Not that we're soldiers or anything, but, I mean... We just... I. I it's just the learning. It's yeah. Plain and simple. It's just the learning. That's yeah. what, you know, we're here for, and to walk that path. Yeah, um, it's just... I don't... I, I, there's, it's, hard to, it's hard to
1: describe. I know I keep going back to it, but there's not a word in the English language that describes the feeling you get when you walk into a room and you know that you're standing in the very spot when someone gave that order that we're going to attack Savannah. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to take back take back Savannah, and, we're, and that's what happened. They tried to take Savannah back from the Union. I know you said Charlotte. I did. It was Shiloh. Yeah, but Savannah. Charlotte. Savannah is up like, in that n- area. Yeah, it's near Shiloh. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but they were driven back here, and you know the Union took Corinth too, and a lot of Corinth burned, and uh, it's just, just knowing that you're surrounded by that type of history, and that type of energy.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's why I think we're drawn here. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. But. Um... Yeah, hope you guys like that bit of the podcast. Uh, here's something that we're going to be trying to do more, uh, and that is going over summary somewhat, but more of like a, a your, our own personal views, and maybe you guys could put them um, up on in the group or even you know you email us. Like you read a, a story. Um, like we're going to, he's, he's going to read like basically the summary of it of, uh, Valf Odin versus the w- Riddle Weaver. I'm not going to try to say that first of all. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure if I'm getting it right. That's just my best. Valf but we're going to try to, you know, each week or when we do a podcast episode, one of us, uh, either I'll go back and read uh, a story or he will, and we'll go over like our thoughts on it. Like, what do we, um, what do we think about it? So, yeah, uh, I'm going to try to say it, vow truth
1: But basically, this is Odin's contest with the Riddle Weaver. Okay? Now, we're reading this from. Uh, from Jackson Crawford's version of the Poetic Edda. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, before we get into this, I'm going to uh, stop here for a word from our sponsors. The Southern Heathens podcast is proudly sponsored by Wood of Weird. Wood of Weird is an Etsy shop owned by TikTok and Instagram user Witches Brew. With crafts like wood burns and spell jars, as well as custom orders, you can find exactly what you need for all of your witchy and pagan needs. From one-of-a-kind spell jars to any wood burn design, Wood of Weird is always up to the task. Wood of Weird is always up and running and ships orders promptly. Any custom order requests can be messaged directly to Witches Brew via social media or through her email. Links can be found in her Etsy shop. Go to etsy.com slash shop slash wood of weird to find out more. That's etsy.com slash shop. Slash W O O D O V W Y R D. So on to the story, guys. Of Small, Odin versus the Riddle Weaver. Yeah. So Valtruthsmal involves the visit of Odin to the hall of a giant named Riddle Weaver, who engages Odin in a contest of mythical knowledge. The poem provides not only an interesting portrait of Odin, but in in the stanzas exchanged by Odin and the, and the Riddle Weaver. We also learn a great deal of random information on various myths which might otherwise be unknown. Valtruthmismal appears in both the Regis, Reg, Codex Regis and in the manuscript, uh, I don't know, AM 748? I don't know what that means. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this, this is Jackson Crawford's version. So basically, yeah, it just, you know, it talks about... So Odin goes
0: to the Hall of the Riddleweaver and... I'm pretty sure it's in Jotunheim. I don't think they actually say where exactly it is, but if it is obviously a Jotunar, or Jotun, jotnar's plural, um, then I would think that it would probably be in Jotunheim. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they go back and forth uh, about basically asking each other if they know the answer to these mythical knowledges. Like, one of them, which is my favorite, obviously my last name is Ymirson, they ask, uh, how was the world created? And Odin comes back, you know, with how... Uh, Ymir was the first being, and the slaying of him is how him and his two brothers used him uh, to create the world. And before the world was created, there was nothing, no, no heavens. Uh, It was just—I don't really. uh, I'll have to go back and read the specifics because I don't want to say that something is not true. But there was almost nothing except for Ginnungagap, and then two worlds, Niflheim and Muspelheim. But, anyways, yeah, they go back and forth on that, and it really is a contest between. I guess you can call Odin a giant too because he's a mythic giant. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess so. Knowledge well, he, is, he is part Yoden yeah. in the first place. A
1: lot of people don't realize that the, the Aesir gods, they're all part Yoden. Most, you know. And the tier is full. The tier, yeah. And the way, the way I kind of saw what happened was yes, it was a contest, but Odin won the contest before it started because he went in in disguise. And Riddleweaver didn't know who he was, mm-hmm. right? Not until the end, where he asks, "What did Odin whisper into Baldur's ear when he put him on the pyre?" And uh, that's when Riddleweaver figured out she was talking to Odin, and she's already said way too much. Yeah, you know? <laughs> uh, So yeah, uh, she 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 names Odin as the wisest, and you know, the the most knowing of all of all uh, beings of all beings, because you know he he duped her basically. And she was supposed to be the wisest and most knowing of all beings, and yeah. even Frigg Frigg says so. Like at the beginning of the, the beginning of the poem, like you don't need to go there. It's you know, it's going to be a waste of time. She's basically all
0: knowing. You know, and Odin's like, well, I'm going anyway, and she's like, well, you know, just be safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely loved it. I I think it shows how cunning Odin is and how much of a trickster he actually is in some cases too. Yeah, uh, yeah. to get what he wants. Because who? I'm not saying he doesn't know all of that which was said, but there is a chance that he possibly couldn't have known um, stuff that Riddleweaver um, answered and the questions that he asked. Maybe he was genuinely curious, maybe he didn't know, and that's... It was a contest, so obviously the Riddle Weaver had to answer, yeah. and that was just his way of getting the that's information. Exact, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what and I got. From I definitely, it. Uh, I definitely love to see that because uh, Odin is always, you know, portrayed as this war and warrior god. Now we're just talking about war and stuff, which is true, but at the same time, there's much more to him. Yeah, uh, in any book you'll ever read about him, yeah, so like, much more. Characters. And like Jackson
1: Crawford said in the in the description, we learn a lot about certain things, like who inherits. I think it's who, who inherits the world after Ragnarok. Yeah, after Ragnarok. And he, she says we're Thor's kids who, you know, you they. fight over the hammer. And, they, yeah, they inherit the hammer. And, uh, and whoever it was, uh, one of Odin's sons, I've already forgotten his name. Maldor. No. He, he avenges Odin by. Oh, Vidar.
0: Yeah. Your middle name? <laughs> yeah. My middle name, Vidar. The that's god.
1: A, that's, that's embarrassing, <laughs> first of all. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Overall, definitely, I like the story. I know you did, too. Yeah, I really love the story. I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of repeated stanzas, like the very first couple of lines in the stanza are repeated from the last. Yeah. Uh, but it gives different information. So it's very repetitive, but the information that's given, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's something you need to know when you're in this religion, when you're in this faith. So, I mean, yeah. Get, I do recommend Jackson Crawford's translations. He is a PhD, an expert in language. I don't know this hate that he gets just simply for being who he is, and people. Oh, I don't like Jackson Crawford because people like him. Okay, <laughs> that's kind of ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but uh, yeah, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to language. So when he ha- when also it's his in, translation,
0: well, in, obviously we don't call it mythology, but his PhD is also in Norse mythology. Right, right, so that would that does go hand in hand if you think about it, especially when you're trying to translate stuff from almost uh, 800 years ago, or you know, yeah. sometimes more. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a very it's a very in depth
1: version. He gives his notes and stuff about what he thinks it means, and it's I recommend that version of the poetic Edda. And of course, you can get his version of the Havamal, which the Poetic Edda he has there's a bit of the Havamal in it. Mm-hmm. But not the entire, yeah. Not, not the, the entire, entire thing. One. So I, I also recommend that. But.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was a great story, though, man. There's, I mean, obviously, all the stories in here are awesome. Yeah. Uh, but it's it really is, guys. The We call it the religion of homework. Yeah, and that's why we're not going to
1: go into the entire story because we want you to jump in and read it yourself. But that's just the synopsis. You know, a bit of a a bit. Of, we're touching on it just a little bit. You kind of got a feel of what it's going to be. Go in there and read it. You're gonna you're gonna learn a lot. And give us your thoughts. Yeah, give and, us your thoughts when you think about it? Yeah, you can you can uh, email us at info at the at any time, and uh, we personally answer those
0: emails. So if you're in the Facebook group too, feel free to post that. You know, we yeah. we would love for more people to actually post a lot more stuff about the eddas as well. Um, I think that's. I mean, don't get me wrong. We enjoy everything people post, especially about getting outside and going to nature, because that is what we preach. Yeah. However. Uh, Getting stuff in about the poeticetta is also another thing where we also—I hate to say—preach, but we do, um, and also believe in. Well, is... we understand
1: the meaning of words. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah,
0: it's a—it's—it's uh, it's definitely something, guys, to. Uh, that'd be awesome to post and maybe that might kind of draw people in just a little bit more to go read themselves if they haven't done it already, or if they have already read it. I've read the Poetic Edda at least three times and I still forget a lot of shit. So what's a lot to remember. Yeah. And so I have to go back and, you know, even if it, it's just me skimming through it, cause I do, everything starts to come back still, I still have to go back in plenty of times, especially before this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah but i did remember it i did remember it cuz i've read it before and it was awesome cunning um, yeah yeah just just seeing
1: how odin just it's 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 so funny cuz mm-hmm. he just made it you know to where she you could tell she had no idea who he was at first you mm-hmm. could tell so but yeah uh, and i know we say and it's been kind of funny because we always say we go out in nature but here lately our adventures have always led us into the city
0: well i would say it's not much it's a i wouldn't say it's like a city city though this is a historical town. Like I was telling the woman at the, um, at the Curly House was, you know, we obviously do not like cities. No. Um, however, when it comes to historical stuff like this, like especially because it's a small town, oh, yeah, count me right the hell in, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I mean, yeah, Corinth
1: definitely isn't uh, like a city city. It, it is a town. I mean, it is the city of Corinth, but like the historical downtown Corinth yeah, it's, and would, it's it's
0: very quaint and very very pretty little town you know? yeah and, and the same thing goes for any other smaller historical town in the world. It might be there might be some parts that are big, but at the same time like I would love to go see uh, parts of uh, Greece. you know obviously right. it's more of a city now, but at the same time there's uh, temples that are still up. They're not in the best shape obviously because it's oh, a few thousand years, but yeah. at the same time it's uh, it's still something to go see.
1: Like when you see the pictures of the pyramids, you don't realize that just right over the horizon is a huge, disgusting city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would still love to go see the but pyramids. But it, nonetheless,
0: it's still going outside. It's still seeing historical stuff. And yeah. Remember, guys, you know, the, these are uh, places that were built in a, a different era, and they're the people that always came before you, even if you're not related to them. Right. Um, so it's still good to learn about it, whether it's good or bad.
1: Not to mention, we, we actually laid hands on probably the oldest magnolia in the city. Yeah. And maybe. Maybe the state.
0: Yeah, I, I that'd mean, be pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, we can't. We, we can't are the Magnolia. North we none. are the Magnolia state, brother. Yeah, yeah.
1: Welcome <laughs> to the SIP. Okay. <laughs> but you know, yeah, so, I, I mean, get that all the time. By
0: the way, <laughs> uh, people ask me uh, from Washington, my friends and stuff. They're like, "How's the? How, how's it living in the SIP?" <laughs> I'm like, "The SIP is. The SIP is great. Yeah, it is better than Washington. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I
1: mean." That's that's pretty much the show. So I mean, as always, go outside, read a book, connect with the gods, clear your mind, give give, give us a
0: rating and review. We need that. We need that to be yeah. seen in the algorithm. You and know? Uh, stay tuned, guys, too, for the next episode. I can't. We're obviously we try to do them week by week, but sometimes shit does come up. Um, but stay tuned, though, for the next episode. Whenever yeah. whenever that does come. Um, we'll have another story out and hopefully more adventures i plan to go to tupelo next weekend uh for another to another civil war place so yeah
1: hopefully i can make that one maybe yeah. not but hopefully i can make that one but yeah you know share us with share us with a friend family share us with people you don't like i mean just share it everywhere yeah uh, but you know you do all that and we'll be back when we want to and y'all holla <laughs> east go <school>, brother <laughs>